0: Hey Joe.
1: I remember that you claimed that there would be much less fiddling with this system. <laughs> and I don't know that that's quite panned out. Uh we're still, I, you know. I think there's less there's marginally less fiddling. So a little bit less fiddling.
0: Yeah, I don't know.
1: But not a huge amount less. Feels
0: less. Okay, well that Fe- feels I like mean, there's it's less. It's important
1: because the burden does fall on you. So if you feel like it's been materially reduced, that's important.
0: Yeah. We just had a couple of occasions where because was... I just come in here
1: and flop myself down and start jibber jabbering into the microphone. I know. Like I don't do it. I Have to take care of any of these dials and whatnot. It's a total free ride. Totally. I'm yeah. I'm a big moocher. <laughs> I don't. I'm not producing anything other than some sounds with my mouth hole.
0: Well, that's something, isn't it? I guess. Don't they pay you for that?
1: I mean, I'm you know I'm passing some air over my vocal cords and such.
0: Hmm. What what are we going to talk about today? So this is just you and me. And uh, spring break is looming. We have plans. Who knows whether those plans are going to come off or not? And um, you know, we have separate plans. But you what know. do you mean?
1: I mean, <laughs> what are they gonna, we're going. I think we're both going to depart town, thinking our, hopefully, and hoping that our plans will work.
0: Yeah, I'm going. Hopefully, going backpacking in the Grand Canyon. Nice, which is amazing. Uh,
1: but and by which I mean nice for you. Yeah, because I think I would find it intensely unpleasant.
0: No, that's I'm sad for you.
1: But it's okay. You don't need to be sad for me. I'm not. But you're, you're also
0: doing something really fun. Yes, and you do going don't have, to Charleston
1: you're... to hang out with some family and and go to the Charleston Food and Wine Festival.
0: Hmm. I I hope it all works out.
1: <laughs> I do too. But you took a very dark tone there.
0: Uh, do you want to talk about this? Like
1: you were, you you described yours in a sort of bright voice, and then when you said, I hope it works out. <laughs> I didn't know
0: whether you wanted to talk about this. But... About what? About the coronavirus. Oh,
1: yeah. We don't need to do that. We were talking about that before. I don't particularly want to do that. Yeah. For posterity forever.
0: Oh. Um. I mean,
1: it is a serious issue confronting all of us at this time now. Uh, so for for time capsule purposes, we could, I suppose, uh, say some stuff about it. I don't particularly have anything intelligent to say. I, now you might say, well, well, it makes it like every other episode. I think that's a fair <laughs> observation at a certain point of view. But, um you know, I'm not an epidemiologist, as we were just establishing with one another. I don't seem to be approaching this particularly intelligently. Like, it's like I'm not. I, no, don't think I'm, I
0: don't know about that. You're just less concerned than I am. I'm more concerned, and yeah, I'm, I don't maybe feel I'm a sharpness of concern, prone to concern, and may. And but I also have more experience with uh, exponential growth in mm. my prior career. So mm, right. you know, I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, you know, because you uh, could.
1: I mean, you could just hunker down and like. If you if you don't need to leave your house, don't. I mean, you could take that attitude, right? Um, you know, not sure that.
0: But that that creates its own kind of social harm. That's it, you know, it does actually, yeah. Um, yeah.
1: and and it could even, depending on the some of the facts and circumstances. I mean, it could even produce some physical harm. To, oh, of course to the person who is home when they maybe wouldn't otherwise have been or shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's tough figure out exactly what the right thing to do is
0: but Mm. uh yeah i don't know Uh, there's there's a great um maybe i'll include in the show notes there's there's a good um piece from uh, out of yale do i have this still up here um maybe i don't no there it is yeah there's uh um achieving a fair and effective effective covid19 response an open letter to vice president mike pence and other federal state and local leaders from public health and legal experts in the united states this is uh has a bunch of signatories. I saw it from uh, the Yale Law School, um, which has a a lot of I think really good makes a lot of good points right about well, that, funding and about oh that'd yeah, be, yeah, yeah. yeah. Why don't
1: you put that in the show notes? I that'd will. Be, That's uh, a really good
0: idea. I will put it in the show. Thank notes. Thank you. Yeah, um, glad that you saw that. For individuals, it's you know it's it's like you know how do you? This is one of those issues which involves kind of an appraisal, an individual appraisal of risk. And then separate thinking about societal risk and balancing a bunch of things. And um, and it's also an unusual event, which human beings don't, you know, we, we deal better and have better heuristics about the usual than the unusual, I think. In, indeed. And then also the, you know, this point we were talking about earlier about exponential growth, right? Where there's, um, we, we just don't have experience in everyday life with things that grow exponentially. Like we don't have intuitive experience of such things. Right. I mean, lots of things in life do grow exponentially, you know, maybe... Um, you know, mold in your refrigerator, <laughs> uh, uh, human being, you know, human populations, but that's not something that you, it's, it's not something you experience as a problem on an everyday scale. Most of the problems we experience on an everyday scale grow, you know, most like linearly or right. maybe geometrically, but certainly not exponentially.
1: And so don't have that sort of hockey stick shape quality of, right. of, you know, it's going, it's increasing a bit, it's increasing a bit, but suddenly it goes off like a rocket.
0: Yeah, if it doubles every five days, you know, some event does, then, you know, after 25 days, if you started from one, you have 32, right? Two to the fifth. And then 64, another five days. 128. These are low numbers relative to the whole population. But at some point, you've got 1,000. And then the very next five days, you have 2,000. And then 4,000, 8,000. And, you know, pretty right. soon. Pretty soon, you're talking to real number. <laughs> you're talking real numbers. Yeah.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. <sighs>
0: So there you are. Yeah. It's a. Uh, I feel like if we just recorded the conversation we were just having, it would be better. Better than what? Better than like being hesitant to talk now. Like I, anyway, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, the, the, I think the fluidity of that conversation
1: was a byproduct of, among other things, it's not being recorded. Hmm. So I don't know that you're that you're right to say we should have just recorded that. Oh, I don't know. Might, might that have even happened if
0: it had I'd been say recorded? all that. Maybe not. I would have said all that. Maybe. And it wasn't critical or anything. I'm just, we were having a conversation about why I am more concerned than you are about this. And and, yes, that was part of it. Yeah. And why I have been concerned about it for a while. And, um, yep. You know, it is what, it is what it is. And and I hope everybody takes precautions, you know, practice not touching your face. Hard to do. Yeah. But it's, 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 you know, it's easier if you put your mind to it though.
1: That's what, that I think is what it requires
0: Mm -hmm. is to put your mind to it. Mm -hmm. Um, so. Hm. Okay. What else did you want to talk about if not this the okay. most most important issue facing the United States in the last few years? W- what is? This virus.
1: Really? You think it's the most important issue?
0: Uh I think yeah, I think it's going to, you know, it has the potential to destroy a lot of wealth and hurt a lot of people.
1: Mm. Okay.
0: Um so There you go.
1: Yeah, and it's and it is happening. Yeah. I think there have been some other. I think there are some other things that that c- could be really super super terrible, mm-hmm. um, and and it well, in a way they are super terrible. They could get even more super terrible, um, but they don't. They're not. It's not the sort of actual unfolding in precisely the same way.
0: Yeah, this feels more like a Katrina for everybody. mm, Right. I mean, there's a thought. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's hitting, it, it it could hit our society where we're most vulnerable, right? Which is this ridiculous healthcare system that we have, Mm. which is a bunch of like craziness on stilts, which is, you know, which nobody would, whatever health system you have, you would never choose to transition from that one to the one we have. You just, you would never, ever do it. I agree.
1: And, and when you think about how many people who don't have, um, who because there's because there is not single payer health care that is unrelated to where you work, mm-hmm. the number of people who, in the next six months are going to make a choice that we would rather they not make about going to work because they need to keep working and get that health coverage because they don't have it any other way or they don't have any health coverage at all and they simply need to work and so they just keep working and in a world where they could have stayed home or pursued other health support um, in a single-payer universe, right, um, It's they're going to make more
0: additional people sick. That's true. Which That's true. would not have otherwise happened. And the health facilities. You know, they're set up to, you know, first you sit in these chairs and you get this clipboard and you hold this pen and you fill out stuff about your insurance. And then you go to this window and you talk to this person. And, you know, I'm sure they all have uh, – well, not all, but – but the better ones have protocols for dealing with these kinds of infectious diseases where maybe you bypass some of that but our whole system is set up to basically ask first you know how are you going to pay for this right which is an absurd question to ask it's an absurd question to ask in in this circumstance and in the circumstance of this sort of mass infectious disease Problem. Right. Well, it's it's absurd in any case. Well, I understand um, because that, but... you know it's basically saying, "Are you going to suffer or or not?" And it depends <laughs> on your ability to pay. And you know, it's a, you would never ask someone that if you had to ask directly. It's only because we ask it through the system. Mm. You know, the system has become normalized. But um, yeah, the the system is not set up to to deal with this kind of threat. Lots and lots and lots of people needing care in a way which needs to cut through all kinds of red tape. Yeah. Because um, our system is just a bunch of red tape, which is all, all in the shape of a funnel meant to funnel money to very few people.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah. What else you got though? Cool. Should we? I feel like we should leave this behind, even though I was thinking before maybe we should really um, talk about this. But I, I, I feel like you know events are going to outstrip whatever we say fairly, fairly soon. Yep. Um, it's obviously been bungled, and. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but but I I guess one thing I did want to. Say about that though is there are certain events where it's important to talk about the politics of it like right away because that's when um, because there's a big issue to be decided and politics is just the name we have for working through issues that people may disagree about. That's true. And sometimes a call to put politics aside is really a call to you know I prefer the status quo so let's yeah. not talk about this right.
1: Yeah, but if you're talking about as we just were about you know how do you set up a a health system. So that it's that it more nimbly responds to various exigencies, like a, right. a large-scale infectious disease outbreak. Um, so if you can call that politics. It's how are we going to, as and as a society, how are we going to set up a healthcare right delivery system, which is a question about healthcare delivery in yeah, a society. And some, right. And
0: someone put forward a bill today to basically use Medicaid to pay for all tests and treatment, uh, maybe treatment, but it certainly tests for the COVID nineteen. Um, and, and so that's an example of a, you know, political move, which I think makes a lot of sense. You know, we, we should do it. And if we have to have political discussion about it, we should. But, you know, that's the, the, so So I'm not saying um, in this case that this is different in that sense that we shouldn't talk about politics at all. There's no other way to talk about things. It's just, again, it's just the name we have for how to work through issues like this.
1: But on a large scale.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, so but I, you- I also think it's really important to be generous in the sense that um, with an, with an event like this, yes, we should have been planning for it long ago. Yes, Trump, the administration dismantled um, a lot of pandemic response that was in the White House. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't have a point. There's a lot they should have done, and um, and and he was said he had an, um, a press availability the other day. I think in, in a meeting with uh, pharma execs, where he was asked, "Do you see this?" He was asking. Um, he says, "You know, what if you had a really solid flu vaccine? Would that would that do any good against corona?" That's the way he said it. Um, like it's inconceivable clearly there have been no substantive discussions about this in the last like month and a half that he's able to retain right Um,
1: we don't actually know who's tried to tell him something what they tried to tell him what whether he was able to retain
0: it right I mean that's maybe one of the most basic facts that you would learn right and so maybe he's not able to retain anything at all
1: well he does refuse to read anything yeah so, so I guess if they show him a picture right. and and maybe there's a word under it, you know, corona. Right. And then this other picture, there's a word on I mean, uh, uh, just going on, this is what the press reports about people who brief him. Right. right. The, uh, how they have to behave. Right. So that
0: they can convey information to him. So it's important, like, it's important, I think, to maintain a kind of critical political attitude that, you know, when, when there are important things to decide that you know, that voices are heard and we there's a, a push toward expertise and clear communication, all the things that, you know, pandemic experts uh, advise, right, which is like clear and honest communication with the yep. public and yep. sharing of information. And, um, and and there probably does need to be very organized leadership, which cuts across um, uh, executive departments and states, Indeed. right? So there, uh, so there are all kinds of things that you would want to do, and you would want those happening a long time ago. And you may need a certain amount of politics to kind of move in that direction or, or, um, maybe shake loose some resources, that sort of thing. Um, but like these are difficult things and, and people, you know, maybe no matter what you do, people may die. Um, people have died. Uh, there will be mistakes, you know, not everything is going to be perfect. There could be, um, uh, you know, there were mistakes with the test. It's hard to know, yep. you know, um, so a certain attitude is required, but one which doesn't, like, see every mistake as an opportunity to kind of make political capital from. Right. right? So you have to be forgiving of mistakes and w- because people are working fast and in real time. Yeah. And you want, and you want people to do that. Exactly. Uh,
1: and uh, there would be a certain amount of mistake-making – no matter who was doing the stuff whether it was your friends your enemies people to whom you're indifferent right. right so the fact that people are acting trying to act with with speed and trying the best they can uh means there will be errors as you just said right and and that that's built in no matter who's trying to do that right errors are built in so it, that's another reason to me maybe a little bit more uh charitable humble about how you react in response in response to all charitable
0: toward like results and and certain kinds of mistakes. Yeah. Um, Well, being able to hold people accountable, but aggressive toward, you know, people who aren't sharing information, um, who are kind of, you know, not using expertise. Like that's what you need aggressively to push on, whether it's on Sunday shows or what have you, you know, if, if there's a place for politics, it's on saying, let's empower these experts. Um, you know, the Trump administration asks for the right amount of money and marshals the right resources. You applaud them. For that, right? You know, that's the kind of thing that you've got to do. Now, so far, they've it seems like they bungled just about every opportunity. And you know, the CDC took information off of its website. It's right. not, you know, there's a lot of reason for concern. Yep. Um, especially given his authoritarian instincts and the degree to which authoritarian governments do very badly with these sorts of things. Yeah. True. Um, so that, that's a concern. But you know, we we talked the other day. I'm not going to belabor it, but I did want to mention. You know, the um, Elizabeth Warren's bill uh, about the uh, which would have transferred border wall funding to fighting the pandemic. So that's an example of the kind of thing which I think is very counterproductive um, for it uh, that's the kind of politics that I think you you just want to keep well clear of in an emergency like this. Um, but that's you know that's different from saying you know um, the CDC should be you know pr- uh, promoting clear truthful information, Instantaneously, as soon as possible, we should be using Medicaid funds to pay for these tests. We should, you know, there should be a large federal response in this way and that. Those are all, I think, positive things to push on. But yeah. you know, we have we have plenty of money to pay for this, right? That's not really a concern. Um,
1: and there's a yeah. great deal to coordinate, and a, a lot of people spread out over a very large area. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's our country is very, very large physically. Yeah, although it's made smaller by fast modes of transportation, um, so there's a lot to do. Yeah, I mean we have the resources to do it, and there's a lot to do, mm-hmm. and so <laughs> we're not so people from China be doing in that. <laughs> we're
0: not so dissimilar from China in that way. You know, it's a large, yeah, a large country with some large cities, many rural, you know, heterogeneous in terms of rural areas, and and um, and we're probably more. Heter- I mean, we have more. I think we have more suburban areas than. than China does. I mean as a relative to population, I don't know the demographics of it exactly. So these but, sort of in between you're yeah, saying, maybe. dense urban maybe, and maybe and yeah, I maybe I'm, I probably shouldn't say, but um but but otherwise like in terms of like land area and you know major cities, you know there there are a lot of similarities. They are spread out but you know right. again linked by fast transportation. much higher population there. Is isn't um, there? <laughs> yeah, there is. China has more people than we do. That's like true. Way more people. <laughs> yeah, right, way more. That's true. Um That's true. Uh yeah, I don't I don't know. So what else to talk about? Nothing. I think we're done. You think we are? Sure. I don't think so. I think we, no. Yeah. I think we got more show to do, don't we? Okay. Well, you know, hey. What else did you want to talk about? Nothing in particular. Oh, now I'm sad. Why are you sad? Uh, I don't know. I saw someone tweeting the other day um, about how they. I could talk about anything and nothing. They, I could talk. Uh,
1: we could. I could just sit here and try to remember lines from poems i've read at some point. I mean, whatever.
0: It's all good. Someone was tweeting the other day about how they had finally listened to a highly a podcast that came highly recommended to them and they were very disappointed because it was in the genre of like two two or more dudes talking into a microphone who were un- unprepared. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's our sweet it's spot. It's like, oh boy, i resemble that remark and uh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not for everybody, right? Right. Um, but I, I i we're usually prepared. It's just today we decided to record. Just for the heck of it, right? I mean, because we're going to be going out of town, so we yeah. Can,
1: we, and so we're exploring different approaches to the. You know, we could, we could uh, record less often,
0: but we're not going to talk about the podcast, Joe. We're not going to talk about the podcast on the podcast. Oh shoot! You remember? Yeah, we, we did decide. We said that. we're not going to do that. Okay. Well, you just started it. Yeah, well, that's only because of that tweet. This was from the outside. Well, this, this hey, comes from got, the outside. You know, there are reasons. Like this you had your reasons. Yeah. Um, A booger. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm getting another paper out. Wow, you guys sent it. Mm, it's probably going to go tonight, tomorrow maybe. Is it about standing? Yeah, it's the one about standing.
1: Hey, the recent D.C. Circuit decision about Congress not having standing in court to enforce its subpoenas against.
0: I only quickly looked at that, and I really should, you know, see if there needs to be a last-minute addition. Mm. I mean, our, our paper. This is I'm writing it with a colleague. and I? I won't. Maybe I won't name him. Ooh, it's a mystery colleague. It's not me. Until Let's he, tell and, people that. It's until he me. comes onto the show. We're not being super coy. I think like we should this. just say, you know, it's my the, the co-author. Okay. Until he comes onto the show. He's got he's to have the bravery to come onto the show, and then then we'll say who it is. I support that. Then we'll say who it is. So the paper is more generally about agenda control mm. and um, and standing as a species of agenda control. Like, you know, all institutions have to decide what they're going to decide, right? Yes, and when. Yeah, and, and so they have... Um and so there are either, you know, explicit or implicit kind of reasons why they would choose to decide this thing now or not decide this thing now. Sure. And so we call those things agenda control rules and then we kind of do a little taxonomy of the kinds of agenda control rules that um that different organizations, institutions might have and identify what is um not unique, but what's special you do, about standing. So like you're a, doing
1: what, that in order to understand standing better you're you're creating yeah. this broader context of agenda-setting rules. In the
0: context of this paper... In, and a know,
1: taxonom- taxonomy in, of In terms
0: things. of my more general interest in research, uh, it, I, I am interested in the wider world of agenda-control rules and to see how institutions work together and don't and all that. Um, mm. But in the context of this paper, we're particularly interested in standing, and so we look at this wider world in order to understand what's special about standing. Mm. And um, I, we identify two different kinds of standing and... Um, and then use it to try to explain some weird standing rules. You know, like the, the typical Article 3 standing... I say typical because standing is not just one thing, even in Article 3 courts, federal courts. Um, but the the typical way that people think about standing is that it requires an injury. In fact, it's got to be... Um, Redressable. It's got to be... Redress- this is for a private party who wants to sue in federal court. To, in order to be able to do that, you have to show that you have standing. The court has interpreted that as... Um, being jurisdictional, meaning that if you don't have standing, then they don't have the power to resolve the case, and your standing depends on certain findings about your relation to the to the case, namely that you had an injury in fact, meaning that you had some um, particular injury to you, which is distinguishable from some impact on the much broader public, uh, that your injury is redressable, and there's some other things involved as well. Um, but that, the idea is that like, somehow like you've got a special interest here, right? There's something really at stake for you. And, um, but even there, like organizations can have standing based on the standings of their members Mm -hmm. and their organizational mission. And, and key Tam is another area where you can kind of sue on behalf of the federal court uh, on on behalf of the federal government. Like, yeah, yeah, I found out some stuff the federal government's been defrauded and I'm going to sue and you can get like a little bounty for that. Um, and, uh, but in state courts, some of them don't really require you to show an injury. In fact, and we look at one court in particular which says, hey, if you showed up at the hearing in the local land use board, if you just showed up and you complained, you have standing to challenge their decision. So it's like anyone who cared enough to show up kind of claim. So, that, that's the proof that they're interested
1: in a way that most people aren't. Right. Because right. they showed up and most people didn't.
0: Yeah. And so one of the things is that that's a standing rule, but it's manipulable in the sense that, like, if you want to create standing, you always can. Because mm-hmm. you always have the choice to show up, right? You right. know. Whether you can sue someone for an environmental harm in federal court in the Clean Water Act depends on whether that Clean Water Act violation somehow injured you. And you can't always engineer an injury, right? Mm. Um, but here you, you can engineer showing up and complaining at your local board, right? Probably. So, yeah.
1: Much more so relative to other things. Apparently, the, um, there's, a, there's a big standing facet to um, the June uh, medical services abortion case that's going to be argued at the Supreme Court, I think, tomorrow. Oh, is that right? I think the oral argument's tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, apparently one of the contentions uh, that Louisiana's made in in trying to defend its uh, clinic regulation statute from attack is that uh, doctors and clinics sh- should no longer be able to make challenges to abortion regulations. Don't they raise this every time? Oh no this I, I don't think this has been argued seriously uh, for for quite a while
0: uh, as I understand I mean, I'm not an expert in the I area I feel at like all, it's been litigated but, all the time but Supreme Court never takes cert on, the, on that yeah, question uh, no, or something Yeah I don't know
1: that it well maybe I mean maybe if we looked at a bunch of lower court cases we'd see that but I don't yeah. that's not my sense at all Okay um and that um but but they they've actually granted review granted review on Louisiana's cross petition uh, mm-hmm. in this case about uh oh god d- Taking that step doctrinally, right, so that the only people who would be able to uh challenge uh restrictive regulations of abortion clinics or other providers would be the women who want to use the services
0: hmm. um, I thought this came up in whole women's health too
1: it may have uh it, that was not one of the formal questions the court was considering no yeah I don't, I don't
0: yeah I'm trying to think of this stuff Maybe, But now it is i am thinking back to the Supreme Court discussion group that I've done with students right. in years it's been, past they' and
1: granted that, review that question's mm-hmm. been briefed it's going to be argued mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. so that's one of the ways that case could get resolved is that um you know there there can't be this kind of challenge to the people who were trying to challenge this Louisiana law because it it isn't pregnant women wanting those pregnancy you know, elimination services. Yeah, um, making and it's the not, challenge. So it
0: doesn't sound like a big deal because, of course, there will be a woman who wants an abortion, and out of all the women wanting an abortion in a state, there will be at least one, probably who who will be willing to be party to a lawsuit. You you might think um, you might but, think that, but but you know, there's there's
1: going to be complications relating to like okay, so. I need this service now because this gets more dangerous for me as time goes on and so and then what if I succeed in obtaining an abortion does that mean I'm no I no longer can bring the challenge because I'm not a pregnant
0: right. person right what anymore i was going to say yeah. Yeah. so right. you got to figure all this stuff yeah, out right right what i was going to say is that um that you can one barrier is you know if you're wanting an abortion you're likely not going to want a lot of publicity and even if your name is secret like Roe, it, it may come out. You know, people have worries about this, right? Sure. About being party to such a lawsuit and sec- so that's one but even if you get over that, um, uh, you know, you're not going to want to wait around for the courts, you know, you're going to have the baby by the time the suit is over and so generally people will Go to another jurisdiction if they can't get one within their own jurisdiction. Yeah, so there are but practical. Then, so that's a problem. Then the case might be moot. But I, I don't think it's a big deal because it would be pretty easily seen as capable of repetition yet evading review, which is a an, an exception to the mootness doctrine. Mootness Indeed. being another aspect of this jurisdictional agenda setting right thing. Um, so I don't think it's. it's you know even if they say there's no standing i don't know i um it just it's it's ridiculous cuz the doctors of course are going to litigate this fine there's no actual problem of adversity um there just is this like formal problem with whether the doctor the doctors have been injured in fact right
1: yeah and and the i mean in general i my sense is in general we're we're cautious about allowing people to assert someone else's interests
0: in court. Yeah, but they're going to argue they're asserting their own, right? These are procedures well, sure, they you would can. perform. Uh, right.
1: Yeah. And, that, and to that extent, and especially in the context where what you're challenging are regulations on those providers. Right. They're probably in a way better positioned yeah. to make the challenge than are the people who might be using their services. Well, I so you don't re- have medical yeah. training and don't have understand how the regulations would
0: actually be carried out in uh, in real terms. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to trash the argument until I read the briefs on the other side. I, I it doesn't make sense to me what the argument would be, but Again, I haven't seen it. And, so, and this is one of the cool things about law. Sometimes you, you can't see how an argument could possibly be sensible, and then you read it, and you go, oh, well, there's something to that. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, uh, so I doubt, I doubt is, that will be the case here. But this is be. by way
1: of saying, you know, st- the the law of standing, um, you know, are you the right person to be in court making an objection of this sort? Uh, it's, it's like it's all over the place. Mm-hmm. It's, a big, it's a big question that at least in the federal system, and, and you're pointing to some state, Systems to where it's it's not a, it's like fairly sounds like it's treated fairly minimally.
0: Um. Well, it's not just uh, it's not just federal courts, state courts. Uh, you know, the the paper treats standing as a as a species of agenda control device that is common to all institutions, mm. which construct an agenda. So there could be standing rules in legislatures in ah, okay. uh, in, in in families. Right. In, in all, you know, typical this is typical of my work. Right, right? So you're reconceptualizing in standing. Right. Like
1: you're you're sort of defining it in a broader way.
0: Yeah. I mean, so, you know, one kind of agenda control rule would look at whether or not um, uh, you're a member of a social group that has been empowered to raise certain kinds of issues right? And then we call that like a membership rule. Like, are you a member of the class? And if you are, maybe okay. Or or maybe it would be a rule saying you can't raise the issue unless you're a member of this class. So this would be... So legislatures typically only allow legislators to raise, uh, to bring bills to the floor, and they may have further restrictions on those things. So there are sure. standing rules there. Although, as we know from our discussion with Maggie Blackhawk a long time ago, um, petitioning was a big thing.
1: Yes, yeah. although... Put, uh, 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 it eventually gets canceled, at least as to some issues, but precisely because people have a concern of, of how much it's being used. So for petition, yeah. petitioning about slavery mm-hmm. um, and the institution's refusal
0: to acknowledge any of that, right? Um, yeah, it sounds like it's part of the same story. Yeah, it is the same story. And and so standing, you know, we distinguish it from other kinds of things. Like, you know, there can be subject matter rules for... Like, you, you know, our institution won't consider any questions on this topic, right? Um, so in a federal court, you... You can't raise a purely state issue if there's no diversity, right? So there are a whole bunch of issues you just can't raise at all in federal court. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, And and so that's a kind of agenda control device, but it's not a standing one. And so what we think are standing uh, rules are those which require an analysis, a combined analysis of the entity raising the issue and the issue being raised. And we make a distinction between... Uh, categorical, you know, the, the, whether whether the uh, analysis just involves the categories of issues and entities, or whether it involves a specific analysis of this issue and this entity, and, and those are two different kinds of standing rules. And a lot of doctrinal debate arises when people are trying to push things toward being either specific that are categorical or categorical that are treated as specific. Oh, huh. so kind of fun. It does yeah. sound fun, um, and and hopefully
1: generative. And it would be great if the person with whom you co-authored this piece wouldn't would like though? to come onto the show and talk to us about it. Yeah, I think that'd be fun. It'd be wonderful, wouldn't it? It
0: really would. Yeah. Why, maybe
1: that'll happen at some point.
0: Why won't this person come on the show?
1: I uh, I don't know. So uh, it is not. I'll tell you one. It's thing. a little bit unfair because
0: well we we haven't asked this person to come on the show to talk about this thing recently. Yeah, because this thing didn't exist until recently. Right. Right. So. We can't say that we we can't call this person a coward. Oh, <laughs> I wasn't considering
1: calling this oh, okay. person. I mean, I okay. wasn't even I heard remotely you, what was I on I heard you arm.
0: call this person a coward.
1: I, I think when we were actually talking with the person in the hallway joking around,
0: oh. I think I might have used word. Oh I mean word. just now. I was I was basically, essentially you were calling this person a coward. What when did I say that? <laughs> I'm just trying to get a rise out of you. Oh <laughs> <laughs> it's not fair. Yeah. Well, we're going to be off for a week after this, and so I'm trying to get in that's a little true. bit. I'm trying to get in some little, you know, little needling before before you go mm. carry with you. Um, so yeah, fun paper, fun stuff. So that
1: you hope that's going out yeah. the door, and you've got uh, the uh, gun subsidy paper. Yeah. that's out being considered by journals. Yeah, yeah. various ways and highways yeah. and byways. We,
0: we should have a decision on that pretty soon. Cool and darcy. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's going to go and like, definitely going to be published. I know that much, but that's uh, great we're trying to figure out where and
1: yeah. super duper wonderful. Then I'm working
0: paper. I'm working on this other piece about um this really I, we got to talk about this at some point. I think this is so cool. This uh go. well, two other pieces, but one one of them is this um uh review of the work of Michael Tomasello, who's a comparative psychologist and has studied, um, is, is one of the major figures in studying the differences between young children and, and other primates, uh, oh. in, in their development. Okay. And, um, and so they are just fascinating. He has just a really fascinating theory, which maps on to the, um, uh, some philosophical work on, on joint intentionality and group in, or collective intentionality. Um, the, the, ways that we, as a, as a, as a, as human beings, do things together right rather than just in parallel where we use each other as means or like i learn from you to do something in my own self-interest we create worlds together mm. and he describes how that arises in childhood development and how those developments are further kind of um so but,
1: my modeling of you as a subject who's also modeling
0: is is part of what's happening part of what's happening although great apes have a have a theory of mind like they can they can see the world through the Um, through the eyes of other great apes and they can kind of model what they're thinking. What they seem to lack though, is this, I know that, you know, that I know the ability to kind of recursively embed these models. Mm. That's, that's my addition to it, I guess. But, but the way that they, that they talk about it is they're able to um, know that they each are engaging in perspective taking and, and therefore to engage in what uh, Tomasello calls dual level collaboration where like, we create a cultural common ground between this is just the joint intentionality the, at three years of age is when this collective intentionality thing comes in where, where I'm able to know that our whole group has a point of view. But, but between, you and, uh, between you and me, um, beginning at nine months of age or so, um, we're able to like, establish what we each know, and we each know that we know that, so this kind of common ground of knowledge between us that we can point to, and we can pursue a goal together. And understand our roles in pursuing those goals. So this allows us to do things like pretend. Um, I know that you're pretending in a certain way, and I can have fun with that. Um, uh, and,
1: and I count on you to. And I count on you to know that I'm pretending, right? Because it seems like you can do the same things I can right. do.
0: And, and there's an understanding of this world building that we're doing together. And so kids, unlike the great apes, will you know when 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 you start doing something. Um, like you know, manipulating a box or doing something that looks which looks like a task, I will over imitate that, even though even if I know um, that it's not necessary to accomplish some self interested goal that I have. Is it raining out there? Wow. I think it is. Yeah. Wow. Um so anyway, I'm not gonna go all into it now. Maybe we can talk about that a little bit later on. But there are fascinating like um observations about childhood development, which I wish I'd known as a parent, like the explosion of of things that, which happens at like, basically these clockwork ages of nine months, three years. And then this development of this collective intentionality, my kind of ability to see our social group from an objective point of view explodes to the, you know, in experience until the age of reason at like six years, at which point, you know, the person is able to, an individual is able to kind of engage in others in kind of reason based argumentation.
1: So does this relate to a paper you're doing?
0: Yeah, so I'm going to do a review of this book and kind of tie it into the oh, mental yeah. modeling stuff and all of it's like aimed at this kind of larger work, which ties a lot of my work on public-private distinction, models of law, and this kind of stuff together. So, cool. Anyway, super fun. Um, but you said there were two others. Yeah, I won't even talk about the other one. I'm okay. pre- presenting a, another set of ideas at a um, at a conference in in May, if it happens.
1: Oh, it might not.
0: I. Because of the. A, lo- a lot of May conferences are already canceled. Wow. Um, uh, in, a, in, in bigger, you know, not, not academic conferences, I don't know, about, but large conferences where they have to make decisions now. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I think
1: this thing that I got accepted to is not going to happen probably.
0: Yeah, but yours but. is in June, it's in Europe and it's an academic conference, right?
1: Well, it's this, um, it's a, yes, but, uh, it's a, um, it's a, an organization, an association of people who do network analysis and other network science methods, yeah. So it's across lots of different disciplines, mm-hmm. um, and there and it's an organization that, uh, for example, I think it's the it, it's the organization that sponsors the publication of this journal called Social Networks, yeah. Um, so it's not it's academic, but not in the sense of you know uh, the American Association of Anthropologists or something like that. Right, it's not right. within a discipline; it's across disciplines. Right. So it's actually bigger and more unwieldy on that basis. But so they're decision, doing this law panel. Decisions
0: will have to be made farther in advance because of the scale I of the guess. conference. And yeah.
1: then, you know, they're, they're, but they're having a law panel um, at this thing. Yeah. And my thing got accepted to that, but I don't think it's going to wind yeah. up happening. This is Which well, makes me sad.
0: Of course, it's one of the... But
1: people dying of this virus also makes me sad.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, if we're going to sign off, that, you know, we want all our listeners to stay safe and also to um, to do what you can to uh, to help out the most vulnerable which includes not contracting the virus if you can help it right you know (laughs) doing what you can to uh, to be able to provide for yourself is a way of being pro-social and that's uh, Mm. really important to remember Um, uh, yeah you know it's like we need a good year as a world right Yes. Since 2016. Like, each year, I feel like, at the beginning of the year, people say, well, I hope this next one's better.
1: (laughs) Hope does spring eternal, doesn't it? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I'm hopeful, though.
1: Yeah, I'm hopeful. I'm, uh, as I, as I, I don't, I wish I could remember where I first heard it, but it really does capture it for me. I'm not optimistic, but I am hopeful. Mm. That's kind of where, that's the space I live in now. Mm Mm-hmm. So...
0: I, I, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm accepting now, but, um, but, um, committed. Maybe well, I would say it that way. Okay. Groovy. Is there anything else, Joe? Do we want to do our, um, Supreme Court roundup of the, of the hot takes coming out of the nation's highest court in the last two weeks? Not particularly. Nah, nah. I it's,
1: don't, I don't have hot takes about that.
0: Yeah. Uh, if, I, have some, I have some ice cold
1: <laughs> statistical takes that I'm developing Ooh. Uh, because of the network analysis projects in which I now engage. But, yeah. well, this is, but no, I do not have hot takes. A lot
0: of previews of future things mm. to talk about on this show. Mm. Uh, if you are on the Supreme Court, meaning you're a justice, um, consider coming on our show. We'll be nice. Yeah, of course. Even if you're not one of the good ones. Oh.
1: <laughs> Just,
0: that's a joke. It's a joke.
1: Or if you have been on the Supreme Court. I can think of two people, yeah, alive today as we're recording, mm-hmm. uh who have been on the Supreme Court and who no longer are. Right. Uh and their names are Sandra Day O'Connor and mm-hmm. David Hackett Souter. Um we would welcome them on too. Yeah, I don't like think Like you you were you sort of aimed your remarks at current
0: <sighs> members. Yeah.
1: Right. Um, but I don't think we need to limit it to that.
0: Yeah, oh, oh, you know, O'Connor has retired from public life and and wrote that thing. So, uh, and I'm
1: you know. not, in, uh, you know, I don't mean to
0: uh, intrude yeah. or trench on any right. of that. Um, yeah, but Suter, what's he doing? I think he he said he wanted to retire while he still had the energy to climb mountains and stuff. So he, yeah, he's, he's I, that's my kind of person. I think he's living his best life in New Hampshire. Yeah, look, you don't even have to come on our show. Just let's go hiking together.
1: Okay, you can do that. I mean, I'm probably not going to do that, but, yeah, well, he, but he, so much the worse for me, I suppose. I guess. You can tell me about your very deep and involved conversations with David Suter.
0: Yeah, he's a good one. Yeah. All right. I think we're going to sign off there. We don't have a lot to talk about this week. There there was a hell of a lot to talk about, but we just didn't do it. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, stay safe, yeah. listeners. Hasn't that always been true? Yeah. Uh, we look forward to seeing you in, in uh, maybe a week and a half or so. Uh, maybe maybe a couple weeks. We'll see. We'll see. But um, we are still committed to regular broadcasts. Uh, just spring break is kind of coming in the middle. Um, but do stay safe. Uh, I love you. Take care. Bye-bye.